Hello, greetings, and welcome to the broadcast. I am your host, Maggie Cavanaugh, and I am here today with my brother in Christ, um, pastor, uh, Navy SEAL, uh, ex-atheist. I mean, you name it. Jason's got such a long list of things. Uh, Jason Perry is just a, an amazing man of God that's doing great things unconventionally for the body of Christ. So, Jason, welcome to the body. So happy to be here. Welcome to the broadcast. I said, welcome to the body. Welcome to the broadcast. I told, I told him a minute ago, wait, he's already in the body. I told him a few minutes ago, I'm a little out of sync today. So you all have to keep an eye on me and make sure I stay in order here. So, but I'm super excited to have him because I had the opportunity, I don't know, what, three months ago, maybe to be on the Hope Report with him and Melissa. And I just, I love their hearts. I love their passion for the Lord, but also, you know, the Bible says whatever hands find to do, do it under the Lord. And Jason is literally taking every aspect of his life, his experience from being a Navy SEAL, his experience from being a police officer, you know, and he's he's brought that all in with his faith and has a church over in East Tennessee, right? Is it yeah, Johnson County or Johnson City. Yeah. Johnson City? There we go. Tell us a little bit about that, because, you know, you were an atheist and we're and towards the end of the broadcast, we're going to hear about his testimony. But he is a pastor now at a church and they do some really cool things because they also have a farm. So tell us a little bit what's going on over there. Yeah. So Patriot Crusader Mission is a is a church and farm for veterans, first responders and patriots. Um, when I got saved, I spent about 10 years trying to find a church where I fit in as a veteran and as a cop and as someone who's been through some pretty heavy stuff. And I never really feel like I fit in with the traditional sweater vest wearing pastor church. Um, you know, I, I, I needed something different. And I found Ken Graves in Calvary Chapel, Bangor, and dropped everything and moved up there to, to follow him. And uh, he was a man's man. He, he had calluses on his hands, covered in scars, you know, looked like, talked like, sounded like me. And in that community, I, I, you know, it opened my eyes that I could be a warrior and still be a Christian. I didn't have to be uh, the slumped shoulders, crumped in, you know, the modern definition of meek instead of the old original definition of meek, which is power controlled, right? Meaning Christ was the ultimate power controlled and his, you know, he would be described as meek. Well, after the 1828 dictionary, which is where I go for all my dictionaries before the language became woke. And now meek is almost an insult if you read the, de the definitions of it. It's a, a deficient in character and all these things. And it's a direct attack on our Lord and Savior. So, so I came here to Johnson City with the intent of starting a ministry to teach men how to be men. I was going to teach men how to fight, how to shoot, and how to disciple, right? Use the Navy SEAL and the SWAT cop stuff to get the guys in that maybe wouldn't come to this stuff normally and then disciple them. Right. So everyone who came to what we call our forgings would come for a three day week and they'd come for the cool guy stuff, but they would leave transformed and talking about the God stuff. Right. So and then we ended up, you know, we kept we came here. I thought in Tennessee there'd be a fire breathing pulpit pounding pastor on every single corner. And that wasn't the case. There was a lot of concert churches and a lot of other stuff. And so. We um, decided to to make a you know form our own church here, and um, and and make it go for the people who are like me who wouldn't fit in necessarily everywhere else, and you know I mean there's a shortage of veterans in churches and cops in churches and and you know and, and patriots because right now the modern definition of the word patriot 
you know, is a terrorist by our government, which is pretty scary stuff, right? And, you know, and everyone could be a patriot. And what I mean by that is I was in Tractor Supply. They're like my second family. I spent so much time and money there. <laughs> and uh, one of the guys like, I think what you're doing is amazing. But, you know, I'm like, well, why don't you come? He's like, well, I'm not a veteran or a cop. I go, do you love America? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, more importantly, do you love Jesus? He's like, absolutely. Boom. You you come on in. Right. So. So, again, that's what we're doing here. And we're, we got 44 acres that when we close, this is the Lord's hand. I looked up on the deed to the uh, names up and Billy Graham used to own this property. So, what? yeah, when we got this property, you know, the first thing I did was I put the word out that, hey, we're dedicating this whole property for the Lord. Every inch of this property will serve the Lord. Everything we do will serve the Lord. So I put the word out that we're going to carry a 600-pound cross and put it on our tallest hill in the back. And uh, we had 70 people show up. 20 men got under the cross, and the Lord loves a good story, so we made it rain. And it was uh, basically a red clay slip and slide. It took us 49 minutes to carry that 600-pound cross up there on the hill. But it was amazing. It was a glorious day. The news came out and covered it, which I couldn't believe that, hey, the news would actually cover us putting up a cross. Um, but it was really cool. That is incredible. I didn't know the story about the cross, and I certainly didn't know that Billy Graham owned the property. But yeah. what you're doing there is incredible. Listen, y'all, they are literally, people will be fed in their congregation, and they have got, you name it, the whole functioning farm, and people can come and contribute. So if that's yeah. something, if you're in that geographic area, and you love Jesus, and you're looking for a place that where you can go and worship with other like-minded believers that are getting back to nature and the way that God does things, you need to check this out. So I put the website site up there for you guys but it is the here we go it is patriotcrusadersmission.org if you're listening to this in your car or something like that so uh it's a really unique place and tell me a little bit more about these things you do i know didn't melissa's husband come to one of your retreats yeah, mike, mike came to our retreat and had a major breakthrough he's since stepped up and is now leading his whole family in the lord right Hello. and the community and the accountability but the, the farm part of this is important, right? When, when Ukraine went off and I saw fertilizer going up, you know, I'm, I'm, my career after I got out of the military and law enforcement was I was a risk professional, meaning that I would work with Fortune 1000 companies, Fortune 100 companies, and, um, and help them manage risk. You know, a lot of that was security and a lot of that was active shooter, workplace violence and those things. But... Um, you know, when you're managing risk, you get to look at everything. So I started looking at the threats to our food supply because I was watching prices go through the roof. We all remember the toilet paper shortage of, you know, the, uh, the COVID frenzy, right? So, um, so we decided instead of building a bigger church and building a building, we already had what we needed, right, at that moment. So we wanted to build infrastructure. So we started building farm, a farm. So we had a bunch of volunteers come out, a bunch of people come out, and we built miles of fence, barbed wire fence, and all kinds of different things. And now we have eight cows, three of them a dairy. We're a fully functional dairy. We have the best homemade ice cream, my wife. Now <laughs> she's, the biggest relief is she doesn't have to wonder what to bring anymore to parties. So now she's the one who's bringing, we, they put in an order, like her maple walnut is my favorite but like a chocolate chip mint and it's all from our cows we have homemade butter cultured butter raw milk raw cream all that stuff and cheese mozzarella cheese um and as well as eggs and and now we have pork and beef and everything else 
And we have 2,000 pounds of potatoes that we're getting ready to pull out of the ground here as soon as it cools off a little bit. So everything you need, right, and, and the skill sets that we had to acquire to do this, to share other people so they can do it at scale with whatever they have, right? If you have one acre, you should have chickens, right? right. Even, even unless that, there's no reason not to have chickens. You could have a quarter acre and have chickens. They're fine, right? You know, other people have goats. I'm not into the goat thing, but uh, other people are, and that's great. Other people do rabbits. We do um, egg layer chickens, and then we do Freedom Rangers for our, for our meat birds. We have Black Angus as our meat cows. We also have a Scottish Highland and a Dexter uh, cow. And then we have pork. The, we have heritage breed pork. So we have red wattles and Berkshires and crosses, and we cross them because pork is one of those things where you can literally mix and match the breeds to get the flavor you want. Whether you want really? better bacon or more lard. Oh my God, my red waddles. If I took a T-bone steak and took a pork chop and put them side by side, you have a hard time because their meat is so red. It's amazing. Are you doing classes to help prepare people with this? I know you do uh, the, you know, the groups with the men and I know that you have the uh, yeah. security training things available, but what about with this? Is that coming so, down the line? That is so. This this Saturday, we're actually having people over when we're processing fifty meat chickens, but okay. um, you know, right now on October fifteenth, we're actually doing a active shooter self defense course. So it's everything from common mugging all the way up to active shooter, which is a nuclear war of violence, and teaching people online and in person here how to defend themselves. Because if you're not alive, then there's nothing you can do, right? right? So we're trying to keep people safe and protect their innocence and protect them from ever being in a crime, recognizing bad things happening, et cetera, et cetera. And then as we become better at what we're doing, because we're still, I mean, this is a lifelong journey, right? Like I'm going through a butchering course that I'm gonna be going through, because I'm gonna have to, I wanna be able to, to process my own, you know, my pigs, my, my beef and everything, because butchers are so backed up right now it's six months to a year wait to process any meat right that's the bottleneck right and then you have to like for for pork you can eat it right away but beef in order to bring out the best flavor you got to hang it so we're building a walk-in cooler in our basement and all those other things so all these skills right instead of having a lawn have a freedom garden which is what we did after the great depression right everyone was growing and canning and all that stuff and god is so good we bought this place sight unseen right sight unseen (laughs) Okay, meaning that we Johnson City, Tennessee is the number one market in the country for Christian conservatives to move to. And there has been a buying frenzy here, and there's a lot of stuff going on here. But um, we bought a site and see, we came here, and it turns out the people that used to own this place were canning fanatics. We have a wood stove, like a wood cooking stove in the basement where, oh, you, put, where you put the wood in the drawer and do that. I mean, I'm it's not just so cool. here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it really is great. It's, you know, and it's exactly what we needed. It's not what I would have picked if I had chosen it because it's a brick ranch and I wanted a log cabin, but we got what we needed and we're using every inch of it for the Lord. I love that. It is such a powerful testimony of what God has been saying now for a long time. You know, he told us in 2014, we had to become sufficient on him and on our own abilities and skill sets. So I just got done water glass and that's why I was kind of discombobulated water glassing eggs. And if you guys don't know about that, it's an old method of preserving eggs and things like that. But I am so grateful for what you and your beautiful wife are doing. Uh, So much fun. And if you are interested in signing up for uh, active shooter training, if you are a pastor, you need your church, you need your church 
staff and everybody trained. We are living in a day and age. We are not playing. This is serious yeah. stuff. And we as women, if you are a woman, we need to be able to know how to defend ourselves. And so what they're doing is equipping the body. And that's what yeah. we're called to do. Exactly. And it's it's not fear-based training. It's empowerment. We want everyone yes. to go out and, and, and crush life for the kingdom, right? But if if you're a casualty, you're not going to be able to save as many people. Like, the war's already won, but we're now in the, the, the largest POW rescue mission in the history of time itself, right? Every day that we're alive, we're here for one reason. That's to bring more people to Christ, period, right? And so in order to do that and be able to go and push the envelope and 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 places where they really need to hear you need to have a certain amount of training a certain amount of confidence and do your part the lord will do his part but you can't jump out of a plane without a parachute and say lord save me right, right? you know so that's the same thing as it is right now going into these violent neighborhoods without anything and saying lord save me no you should have done some stuff on your own you're not testing the lord you're trusting the lord but you have to do your part that's good. Y'all hear that? Not testing the Lord, trusting the Lord. I love that. And so, and that's something that, you know, back in 2014, the Lord started speaking heavily to us. And, you know, we can't do everything to the scale of like Jason can, because he's got land more, a lot more land than what we have, but you, you guys can do something. You know, we were talking earlier, if you've got a backyard, you need you some hens, you need you some eggs, you need some, you know, a garden. It's so easy to garden. There's so many resources available. I learned gardening on YouTube. I'm just saying I did, you know, yeah, that's the beauty of YouTube. There's yeah. no reason to be ignorant on how to do anything. Like I that's just, right. you know, you know, so it's a bit, and if you have a half acre, you can have a, a Dexter dairy cow. And let me tell you something that is amazing. They can sustain on grass for nine months out of the year. If you live in Tennessee, right? So you only have to feed them hay for three months out of the year and they will produce milk for your family that will produce cheese, ice cream, cream, butter, all these things, all these lost skills, all these lost things, and now you're not dependent on the grocery store. What yes. happens whenever there's a storm coming? Gonna go get milk and butter, milk and butter, or, or milk and bread, or whatever. It's all gone. You got eggs, you got your chickens, and you got your and you got your your um, milk. You're good. You're already there, right? Everything else is gravy after that. Well, listen, y'all, whenever Kevin and I have time, we are going to go visit them and we are going to do, a, it'll, it, I don't know when it'll be, but we want to go check this out. And I want to do some uh, footage there showing you guys what God is doing because it's amazing. Do what you can where you're at. But I want to take the time because... Me and my brother here, we could chat for a long time because we got lots of commonalities with with our passion for uh, self-sustainability and and Jesus and all of that. But he's got a powerful testimony, y'all. He was an atheist and now he is a pastor. So give us a little bit of your background testimony. I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but we got a good 10, 15 minutes here. Let's talk yeah, about it. Sure. So I was an atheist for 37 years and I wasn't just an atheist. I was an atheist who would pursue Christians and particularly ignorant Christians who did not know their Bible and didn't know how to defend their faith. And we, you crack open the Bible and go to the more challenging scriptures and say, what do you, what do you think about that? I can pull up a science textbook and show you that, that that's how bad I was, right? Mm -hmm. I was a scientist. Now, I was always open to the idea there was God, but you gotta remember, my mom who had me at 16 and we were poor in a welfare family and my dad was 18 and that marriage didn't last long. and. You know, you can imagine all the challenges. And I have a, you know, I have a great relationship with my dad and my mom now. I can't imagine going what they went through. But this is what happens when you, everyone was an atheist. No one believed in God or they were, they just didn't even think about it. It wasn't relevant in their terms. So my mom made a conscious decision to not have me baptized, you know, which infant baptism is its own thing in Christianity. But 
they wanted me to be able to choose my own faith when they went on. They thought that was empowering. What they don't understand is in schools, you're going to be educated in the state religion, which is atheism, right? right. So from a young age, I was indoctrinated. If you believe in this stuff, it's like believing in the Easter bunny and so on and so forth. So by not giving me a basis in Christ, they gave me a basis in the world and atheism poured itself into me. And, you know, and, and I had a lot of wounds. I had a wound of abandonment because my, my grandparents, they basically raised me because my mom was too young. She basically gave me to my grandparents. And then my dad went off and started his own family uh, later on. And so I was a pretty, you know, I went down a pretty dark road. Um, at 20, I was a complete thug, a complete knucklehead. Um, you know, I, you know, like John Eldridge says in a lot of his works, you know, I basically um, put all my faith in my first girlfriend, and when that didn't work out, I became the wounder in chief. So my whole goal from that point was, I'm never going to be hurt again because if you asked me the day before we broke up, three things I was short of, that, that girl was going to be there and the sun was going to rise and then the sun was going to set. That was the three things that I was going to count on. And um, so then I became a womanizer, and I'm like, okay, for me, it's all about hurting as many people as I can and pursuing simple pleasures. But at 20, I'm like, hey, I'm going to end up dead or in jail because of things I was doing on the outside. I was a, I was a, basically a criminal, an uncaught one because uh, luckily I'm a smart guy. Um, but I was a thug. And at 20, I'm like, hey, you know, I don't like who I am. I remember sitting staring at the ceiling and saying, you know, I, I can't do this. I, I, like, what happened? I wanted to be a good guy. I wanted to be all these different things. I, I played a game and there's, you know, and again, because of the expedience, I can't really get into it. Um, but you know, at about I had dyslexia, um, a lot of, uh, of issues. And around fourth grade, I was two grades behind in reading. And then I found a game called Dungeons and Dragons. And in that game, which I do not support, um, I went in one summer, I went from two grades behind to two grades above. But now the occult and now sympathy for the devil because the, the all the stuff that's in there took me down another but I always want in the beginning when I was innocent I wanted to be a, a paladin which was a holy knight you know a servant of God um and and that really got my intellect unlocked was my imagination and be able to do that but it came at a cost so at 20 I decided to serve um my country because I was a patriot even being raised in Massachusetts which is a secular hellhole now um it was a patriotic place because John Quincy Adams house was there and there's John Adams house, and there's Paul Revere's ride and there's Bunker Hill. There's all these things. So I'm like, well, I'm going to serve my country. So anyways, I I'll make a long story short. I go, I go into the SEAL teams. Um, I try want to go do the hardest thing I possibly could to redeem myself by serving mm -hmm. my country. So I did that for 16 years. And during those 16 years, I lost my little brother to heroin. Um, during my deployment, he, he died of heroin complications. And, um, and I said, that's it. You know, um, I am done making third world countries safe. I was in Iraq, you know, uh, Kosovo, Southeast Asia, and Colombia, and um, decided that, hey, you know, I'm not gonna make third world countries safe anymore. I wanna make my own country safe. So yeah. I, I walked away from my career at 16 years with no pension and which everyone said I was crazy, but it was never about the money for me, it was about the cause. And became a Boston cop, I competed against 30,000 people, uh, was hired off the top of the list, became a cop, and then obviously made my way to the SWAT team. Now, during my last year 
uh, and this is the Christ part of this in Panama City, Florida. I had a cancer scare and did not come to Christ because I didn't want to come to God weak. That's how arrogant I was, right? That's how arrogant. And so, but during my time of recovery of that, which I, I didn't have cancer, they misdiagnosed me. They told me I was dying, told me to get my stuff in order. And then they're like, oh, wow. we made it all wrong. Um, and um, a book made it into my life called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And what it was, was the scientific case and the logic case for Christ, right? Within the first third of the book, I became an agnostic. And then by the, and then, so the first case shows you that it takes far more belief in random chaos than to believe in intelligent design. So I went from that to agnostic, okay? I don't know what it is. And then they make the compelling case within the pages of that book for Jesus Christ. And they said, well, this guy already was smart enough to show me that this isn't an accident. I'm gonna give Christianity a, a shot. So um, I said the prayer, I lying in my bed. I'm like, I don't know if I'm making this up, but I tingled from head to toe when I said the prayer and invited the Holy Spirit, like a, a great flooding of a film. But I'm like, nah, I started denying it the next day. But here was the proof. I used to live, listen to the most evil, angry music. My favorite song was God Hates Us All because I felt so abandoned and I wanted to be a God, but I thought he was doing a terrible job. I tried to play that on my playlist and I could not do it. It made me sick. So I killed it instantly. So there was proof already that I was going through sanctification, yeah. right? So, um, but I'm still a carnal Christian and I'm getting out, but I'm going to Boston. And in Boston, there was a church, there is a church there called Park Street Church. And there was an old pastor there. I know we're short on time, so I got to speed it up here. I got eight minutes to span 40 years or 20. My goodness, I, I should I should have had to you on two broadcasts. One where we talk right. about the farm and the ministry yeah, and then what about, yeah. go ahead. Um, and so Gordon Hugenberger was there. Gordon Hugenberger is one of the brightest minds in Christianity. He is a church, or he is a pastor in the secular armpit of Boston, right? So he has all the Christians who are professors in all these colleges, and there's more colleges per capita in Boston than anywhere. So he, he would have the head of physics from MIT in his congregation. So he couldn't be a lazy Christian, right? And just, and, and take the simplistic. So he would get up there and he would talk about creation. He's like, was it created in seven days? He's like, I'm gonna present to you multiple theories and you can, I'll tell you which one I believe, but that's for you to work out. And he, it was exactly what I needed, but I was not spirit filled, right? Mm -hmm. I was still an intellectual Christian. I was still a carnal sure. Christian. Right. So as long as I could get my prayer, I could pray and repent for my sins before I believe I was going to heaven. But I wasn't having any change in me outside of that music. Sure. I couldn't listen to the music or whatever. Um, and so I eventually went to Operation Restored Warrior. I had a, a son. I have a son who was born with autism and that crushed my faith and it crushed our marriage. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and um, and so when I met Lauren, you know, I was in this crisis of faith and I said to her, cause she was a devout atheist raised in Maine. The same thing that I had was raised without religion. The state religion came in and I said, listen, I don't, I can't do this one foot in one foot out life where I'm kind of a Christian. I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to be. Do you want to go on this? And she'll tell you in her testimony that she was laughing herself. Yeah, we're going to get rid of this stupid Jesus thing and we're going to whatever. But um, anyway, so we started talking about micro macro evolution, blah, 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 blah. I went through all this stuff. I go to ORW. I get healed from my wound of abandonment. I become spirit filled. And Lauren and I were baptized together 
10 months later. So, uh, and since then, um, you know, that's the end of the story, right? No, that's not the end of the story. The end of the story <laughs> is, um, you know, the next chapter in the story is we become past a pastor here and now she's a pastor's wife. And, you know, because of, you know, again, what I said in the beginning, I couldn't find a church that I, I felt like a great white shark swimming with guppies and found Ken Graves, found I could embrace my masculinity. I could embrace my warrior, my warrior soul and still be a Christian and actually use that for the kingdom. And that's what we do here. Wow, man, that is incredible because the reality is, is that the things that the enemy meant for harm, God turned around for good. And he, he's using the gifts and the talents that God placed in you with your military background, your police officer background, and all that to help equip people for the days that we're living in. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say this very bluntly. Y'all listen, this is not a time to play. This is a time to pray. And this is a time to prepare. The Bible says to watch and pray. And if you are watching, you are praying and you are preparing as well, because there are so many changes that are taking place. I just got back from American Association of Christian Counseling Conference, and there is a major concern about our religious liberties being taken from us. And, you know, colleges that are being bullied and threatened with their credentialing to, to be taken away, you know, if they don't adhere to the system, the world system. And and we have got to definitely be praying. So Jason is doing that in his farm and his church in East Tennessee. And I encourage you guys to check things out again. It is over here. Uh, is this called? Uh, PatriotCrusadersMission.org. You can follow them. They've got all kinds of stuff. Also, if you want to register for the active shooting, there's the website for that. Take a screenshot or pause, rewind, whatever. But also he co-hosts the Hope Report, uh, which is from the Mike Lindell Recovery Network, along with my sister, uh, Melissa's, which is how I met him, uh, because it's such they're such a, doing such amazing things. So, oh, my gosh, we could go on for a long time because you got all kinds of nuggets. And you were you were talking my, my language when you were talking about laying hens and all that and everything. I'm going Oh, yeah, yeah, we, you know, uh, because we've become homesteaders. But if you could leave the audience with the key, Jason, what would that key be? Deliberately pursue things. You don't roll over into a happy marriage. You don't roll over into a relationship with the Lord. You don't roll over into a great relationship with your kids. You have to deliberately pursue the Lord. You have to deliberately pursue your wife. And you have to deliberately pursue your children. So by, and what do I mean by that is every day you have to sit there and say, what am I going to do for all those three every day? So, um, you know, if you want a great relationship with God, you have to do something every day to pursue him. If you want a great relationship with your wife, you have to do something every day to pursue her. And same thing with your kids and everything else. Now, it doesn't have to be every day, but you have to make it thoughtful and you have to engage by deliberately pursuing it. Wow, that's so, so important. Matter of fact, the name of our homestead, uh, Jason, is Intentional Living, Intentional awesome. Living on the Ridge. And because you are absolutely right, if we are not intentional with these things that matter, they they won't matter. And we have got to be proactive. Something you said to me in the green room before we started, and if you could just repeat that structure of what you see, because we know God and family and all of that. And we were talking about the importance of man stepping up and being fathers. We're, we're dealing with a whole fatherless nation. We've got prisons full of guys that have abandonment issues. Tell me the structure that you were talking about briefly before we got started. I want yeah, the viewers to so hear that. Mo most people want to fix this macro. They want to fix it all at once. And you can't. You have to fix this on the micro. And you fix this at ground zero in the family. So our philosophy here is you fix the men, 
which fixes the family, which fixes the church, which fixes the community, which fixes the city, which fixes the states, which fixes the country. If we turn America back to God, the whole world will become Christian. It's just, that's, that's how poor important we are right now. So it all starts with the men. And um, because men have been displaced by society, men have been displaced and masculinity has been absolutely destroyed. So fix the men, fix the family, and then we go from there. That's so true. You know, John Maxwell is one of my favorite leadership gurus, and he talks about everything rises and falls with leadership and the leadership of a man. Listen, guys, your job is important. You are called to live in this this time for such a time as this. And you have got to step up in your walk with the Lord and caring for your family and so forth. So don't feel like you're alone. And if you're looking for skills that you need to become and step into your masculinity, you need to go to one of Jason's camps. I'm just saying. So tell them real quick. We just got a couple of minutes, but tell them real quick what those are like. So I'll have a snippet of that. So we do what are called forging events and they're open to men and women because not every woman has a strong Christian man to disciple them in their life. So we teach them how to be independent. We teach them how to fight, we teach them how to shoot, and then we teach them how to disciple. So most people come thinking that for the, for the ninja stuff, the seal stuff, but they come, you know, with a relate leaving here with a relationship or a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ and talking about how God made a profound impact on their life during that time. So the, the shiny, cool stuff is the shooting and the fighting, but it's the discipling that matters most. That's awesome. Is that on the website of the church? Uh, it's on the website of the church. And we're also like, I, I, you know, I'm all over social media. So, you know, you find us on the Hope Report. You can find me on, uh, on Page Crusader Mission, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We do a ton of stuff on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. Excellent. Jason, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. It's been a blessing. Uh, thank you so much. It was an honor to be here. Then listen, viewers, make sure that you go and check out all of the resources that's available to you. And uh, we thank you for taking the time. We know you can spend your time a lot of places, but we're glad you're here today. God bless you guys. See you next time.